welcome to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show, where we go across country and travel the world with members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. Today, we get to welcome back Dan Howard, who is the Vice President of Communications of Visit Park City. Park City is in Utah. It is an amazing winter destination, as you're going to hear all about it today. And I encourage you to go to visitparkcity.com. So welcome back, Dan. How are you? Thanks so much. It's great being with you every year. Oh, I know. And you always call in on winter. It's like this is, is that like the biggest season for Park City? Is it winter? It definitely is what we're famous for. I mean, we're the last destination to host the Winter Olympic Games in the United States, which was in 2002. And we haven't had a Winter Games in the U.S. since. It's wow. it's sort of what put us on the map in many people's uh, minds. Will it ever come back? We're really excited because it looks like, barring any last second uh, it looks like we're going to be the next destination to host in the United States, which is going to be in winter of 2034. And wow. really excited. They're going to make the official announcement on the eve of the Paris Olympic Games, which is coming up this July. So we're hoping on the day before the Games start in Paris that they announce that the 2034 Winter Games are coming back to the United States, and it'll be right here in Park City in Salt Lake. So everyone, we have to send good juju. And then, <laughs> I mean, really good, you know, start like pushing that good energy for it to happen. So that gives you 10 years to plan and prepare because when something big like that happens, you have to be able to accommodate everybody, right? And I mean, how many rooms do you have right now in Park City? About 4,000 rooms that can be in group blocks. And if you think back to 2002, Park City couldn't really host a lot of people overnight. We didn't have many hotels. And so most people went down to Salt Lake at the end of each day. And of course, that's only really 25 minutes away. But this year, we can keep at least 4,000 people in Park City overnight and celebrating on Main Street and really having a much bigger party than we could do in 2002. And that's what we're hoping for 2034. And not to mention, a lot of people don't realize that six months before our Olympic Games in 2002, uh, it was the 9-11. And it was a very complicated and emotional time. And many people question whether there would even be an Olympics, even though Mm -hmm. Utah was trying to prepare for it. But... Six months after 9-11, we did host an Olympics. And we're so looking forward to being able to host an Olympics when it's truly a global celebration. And we're hoping that in the next 10 years, that'll give us the kind of stability. Uh, It's hard for any destination to prepare to host an Olympic Games in less than 10 years. To give someone that kind of notice, even in six years, is really pushing it. So Mm. we're excited. We're crossing our fingers that all goes according to plan, and that we'll learn in July that we will be the 2034 winter host, and then we can start making lots of plans and and really have global celebration here. 
And being so close to Salt City is actually something I really wanted to touch on. So that would be your partner in this, right? In, yes. in the Winter Olympics. And that That's means right. for people traveling now that they should understand that the access to Park City from Salt Lake City is really easy, right? That's right. And then really to give you a perspective, in the 2026 Winter Games, it's in Milan, Italy, and then the Alpine uh, sports are held in Cortina. That's three and a half hours each way from Milan to Cortina. So to have Salt Lake and Park City, you know, 25 minutes apart is very special, <laughs> very easy for the Olympics and great for our visitors. It's it's wonderful. We have this brand new airport. It opened in 2020 and it's been expanding its gates and getting larger uh, it'll be ready to host the world by, you know, certainly 2034. All of the gates will have been built out. But it's really America's most modern airport today. It's the newest airport in the country. So people who are coming now can experience it. It's a beautiful airport. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And for families to know, too, that, I mean, you can, aren't there shuttles or do they rent cars to go in from Salt Lake City? So we Lake prefer City? that people take shuttles. Uh because you don't really need a car when you come up to Park City. You're going to be coming to Main Street, which hotels will shuttle you there. We have a free public transit system throughout the city. So most people who rent a car drive it to Park City 25 minutes away, park it in a hotel and never use it until they drive back. Mm. So it's much smarter to go ahead and hire one of the shuttles. We have, you know, regular airport shuttles from the airport to Park City, and you'll never need a car when you're here. Well, that, this also brings up a, a good point. Like, you know, our our National Park Service has, you know, depending on the parks, um, we just had the Sequoias, the Sequoia and Kings Canyon on our show, and they were talking about during the winter, they have a shuttle, especially for when it gets really busy over the holidays, um, within the park that people can take so that they're not driving Um and, you know, they don't have to worry about parking and getting around. And it's really a healthier thing for those parks. And, you know, as tourism, you know, continues and, and is rebounding big time, um, you know, post-COVID, we also, looking at climate change, have to realize what our footprint is as travelers and also the destinations have to also kind of say, okay, we're going to have to do this in a sustainable way, a responsible way. So when you think about these shuttle services, I would say that that's a huge step in preserving the quality of life for Park City, because after all, you are a charming little mountain town at the end of the day. We're a real town. We're a town with children and schools and hospitals. And, uh, you know, it isn't just a tourism destination. Uh, it's it's a real place that needs to coexist with its tourism industry. And Having a town-wide free bus system is a big part of how we keep it still a small town feel so that it isn't overrun with cars. And who else is using that system? It's our workforce that's taking the shuttle buses around town. And we hope that our visitors will consider that as well. And we really are such a small town that it's quite easy to visit here without renting a car and 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 adding to you know the roads it's it's a charming small town and it's a real town and 
we appreciate when visitors come and coexist. And in fact, we're going to be launching a new campaign this summer. And it's mm. it's our new brand. And, you know, the idea is there's a way of behaving when you're in the mountains. And we're, instead of mankind, we're calling it mountain kind. And, and what it means to be kind, to, you know, tread lightly, to coexist with wildlife, to understand how to behave around wildlife, to use public transit, to be, you know, have trail etiquette. Because tourism, we don't want it eroding the infrastructure of the town. And and when you commit to being mountain kind, you will be aware of, of things like etiquette and wildlife and even how to behave on the slopes. And there are many destinations in the world that are focused on this. One of the first ones to recognize it for me was Iceland and how Iceland wanted people to tread lightly and and the real leave no trace movement and every destination that's fragile and and in danger uh, of having tourism overwhelm it needs to look at what kind of campaigns can be created to encourage visitors to be kind to coexist and also it sends a message that and those visitors who love that message it'll resonate with them and those for whom it doesn't really resonate maybe this isn't the right destination for them and right. i think that's fine i think that's fine to say yeah especially when you're a small community i used to live in a yeah. small mountain down and and um you don't want to and and all the small towns i mean we travel full time and go to communities across this country and the there's always that um if a community is not working together you know the actual community and then the tourism industry that's part of it if they're not working together it's not a good experience for the traveler and the guest and it's not a good experience to live there and it you've got to have input from both sides to make it work and that right. way the guest is happy and um in and tourism responsible tourism like you're talking about adds to the infrastructure to a community from our experience it's like helps your parks being maintained helps um you know with signage helps with things uh, even helps you know fund schools uh when it's done correctly that's totally correct. And and these days, towns need to be as articulate to their visitor as they are to residents. And to say to residents, this is how we need for you to, as you, as you said so beautifully, kind of agree on what living here means. And we need our residents to be as committed to being mountain kind as mm-hmm. our visitor. And yeah. we have a lot of new residents now. And that happened with a lot of big city residents looking for something more outdoors oriented, more rural. And a lot of them moved to Park City in the last two years. And we need to have them get on board with this. This is Mm -hmm. what being mountain kind means. You're now Mm -hmm. a resident of the mountains. And that means this type of behavior around recycling, around wildlife, as I said, around trail, Mm -hmm. sharing trails, around using public transit. These are as strong messages for residents as they are for the visitors who are coming. Mm. I love that. I, you know, and also, you know, as travelers, you want to, everybody says, oh, we want to, you want to be the local. You want to meet the locals. You want to do what the locals do versus, you know, hey, you, this is the la-di-da stuff. We want, we want the the real scoop. And this is the best way to do it. Um, yeah. Is to, you know, 
treasure the place that you go to. And mm-hmm. mountains, you know, mountains are magical. Yeah. Every season in a mountain is just, it, there's nothing like the mountains. And, you know, being able to experience the four seasons that you have um, is just beautiful. I mean, I going through Utah and seeing all the mountains surrounding you, it's just like, wow, look at this. And the valleys are so pristine and it's connected for the whole state with, you know, the mountains themselves, how it changes in topography as you're driving in or flying in. Um, from that point, it's like, oh, let's go there. But you want to be able to return and have that same magical experience. So be part of it. And if you're part of it as a traveler, your heart is even bigger. Your experience is more memorable. You have more of a transformational experience and something that um, stays with you forever in your life. So I, I think it's a huge deal, especially where I think with what you have is um, in in travelers, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think you get a lot of generational visit and in that, you know, kids grow up going to ski with their families every year because it looks like you have a lot of family friendly resorts and, and lodgings that they'll go ski every year. Maybe it's hiking every year, but it seems that as those kids grow up, then they're going to bring their kids. Does that happen for Park City? Oh, it's one of my favorite uh, emotions. When I'm, let's just say I'm at a little local coffee house and I hear the parents saying to the kids, come on, hurry up. Grandma and grandpa are already on the mountain. <laughs> and, oh, wow. You know, I, I love that. I love that the mountains are a place for multi-generational travel, for grandkids and grandparents to make memories together. I do think that things happen on the mountain, conversations happen on the mountain that don't even happen necessarily around the dinner table. I think mm-hmm. it's a really profound place to be together. And I love seeing that grandparents, you know, seniors, etc., love still recreating in the mountains. And the kids are learning how to recreate in the mountains. And these are great memories. And it's something that every generation can do together. And we do have in Park City a lot of accommodations that are set up for families. And uh, I hope that people come back not only every winter and ski together in the winter, which let me just say our terrain is really set up for different levels and skill levels. And you can always be on the same chairlift, whether you're going for green runs or blue runs or black runs, you go up on the chairlift together and then, you know, meet at the bottom. <laughs> um, it, we have very uh, good terrain for multi-generational travel and people of different skills. Or then you come back in the summertime and you can do hiking and water sports and mountain biking. And, and you know, our summers are really beautiful here. Um, we don't have a lot of humidity, which not only helps our winter because our snow is fluffier and not so icy and concrete, But then in the summertime, you know, to have kind of a more bug-free environment because of the lack of humidity in a mountain town, um, the bugs don't like it up here. And that's great because you can do family picnics. And uh, we have a lot of festivals and outdoor concerts and art festivals. And the whole family can come up. And we're getting a lot of families in the summer now, especially from the southeast, uh, Florida, Texas, where they're trying to escape the heat and come up to a mountain. And, you know, they know that this is really the place to be. I mean, half of Arizona moves up here during the summer because it's so hot in the summer and uh, Utah is right above them. So it's really nice to see that we're not only known now for winter, 
But I do think that when people started looking for that outdoor environment for their families in the last couple of years, especially if they lived in a city, um, they realized that Park City really offers that idyllic place to spend the summer together, um, not necessarily in a national park, but in a kind of, I, I would say we're a rural setting, but we're a real city. So, and then we've got that international airport 25, 30 minutes away. So it's very, it's become a real practical place to live and then, you know, go back to the cities when you have to, but the family can really enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. Well, speaking of families and, and multi-generational travel, um, you know, we know the mountains are romantic. Again, no matter what season, there's fireplaces, there's hiking to those special views, you know, there's spring with wildflowers and fall, you know, so we know romance is always brewing in the air in the mountains. But what about weddings have got to be a big deal for you guys. I mean, weddings I can imagine are a big how, deal. Yeah, all the proposals that happen over winter skiing vacations, you know. <laughs> Well, it's been nice to see when you have like a bicoastal couple, if, if one spouse, future spouse is living on the West and one is living on the East Coast, Utah is this perfect place to meet in the middle and to have this outdoor environment. And and you can get married all 12 months of the year here and just, you know, whatever season you like, it does change the background of the wedding. But um, obviously the summer is a very big time for weddings. My personal favorite time is the fall because our we have fall foliage, the likes of which you usually only associate with New England. And I think that being in the Rocky Mountains and having fall foliage and reds and oranges and and you know yellows as part of your wedding, um, it's it's a spectacular time. And most of the kids have gone back to school by the end of August, so we have the season in September and October. Um, that I call fall in love season. And, you know, you quickly transition from margaritas in the summer to these, you know, pumpkin latte scarfs and turtlenecks very quickly. Our, our fall starts at least a month and a half earlier than everyone else in the country because of our altitude. And so it's, it's like mid September is prime fall. And and so that's an exciting time to be here with a loved one or even a wedding. I, I love that season. And it's not as well known. Um, it also happens to be a value season because our you know our winter is well known and now our summer has become known and our spring and our fall are what we call shoulder, but they actually really are exceptionally attractive times to be here. And sometimes when you're in a shoulder, it's because it's an unattractive time and that's why rates are low. But our rates are low and it's a really attractive time to come. So it's a great story. Uh, it's a great time to be here. Not as many crowds in the fall. And I will say for spring, I love skiing in the spring because you always have blue skies. There are fewer people here. The rates are better than deep winter, but I think it's a more comfortable time to ski. And people even ski in their t-shirts. So the spring... And the fall definitely are great stories uh, and great times to be here, even though winter and summer are our most popular. Yeah, and winter. Um, so Sundance, I should mention that, right? Um, Sundance yes. Film Festival. Woo, yes, that's that coming takes, up. Yeah, yeah, it takes place the third and fourth week of January. This will be the 40th anniversary of the Sundance wow. Film Festival. 
here in Park City. And a couple of exciting things have happened over the last couple of years in that Sundance films are now available online. And so some people are able to participate in Sundance without traveling. And that's mm. really exciting because these films are very important. These are not Hollywood movies. These yeah. are, you know, very socially impactful stories. And we want as many people to see them as possible. So a lot of people from around the world have been able to tune in and participate. And of course, many people still travel to Park City to be part of it and to listen to the directors and producers and actors talk about the work that they've done. Yeah, I I love it. And that I like that balance because that goes with your sustainable yeah. tourism part too, and especially when yes, I know it does. Um <laughs> it's busy in the winter, but um yeah, so but you can accommodate four thousand people, right? Do you, so um and that's mostly resorts and hotels. Do you have bed and breakfasts and uh, vacation rentals as well for we people? Do. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. We have the run the what I love about Park City is that it runs the gamut. Everything from the Best Western and the Holiday Inn and the AC by Marriott for, you know, those that aren't looking for the five-star St. Regis, Stein Erickson Lodge, the Montage, the Waldorf Astoria. We have everything in between. We have VRBOs. And, you know, it, it's just exciting as a town to be able to say we really do welcome the world and want everyone to participate no matter where they're coming from and how they want to travel Park City open is open armed. Mm. Now let's talk about food. And <laughs> I remember you had a distillery downtown. Is that you got to go there? Um, so let's talk about food because um, speaking of big events and big happenings, I hear that you have a special event that you're going to be part of uh, regarding the James Beard Foundation coming up. That's right. Park Park City has grown a great deal in terms of culinary reputation over the last decade. And I will say that spirits play a big role. The High West uh, Distillery was has been around for a hundred years, and it, it was actually pivotal in um, having prohibition repealed in you know the early 1900s. It's we also had Utah's very first uh, brew pub license here in Park City. Park City has always been a place that people have come to. Uh, enjoy like music and bars and saloons and you know utah as a state isn't best known for that but park city is definitely known for that and it has been since it was a mining community in the late 1800s and so you know staying true to its its reputation uh we have the high west distillery is still doing its thing it's got a saloon in the main street district as well as a distillery up in the mountains and visitors can go to either one We've also got the world, a world winning, um, gin, uh, distillery, and that's called Alpine. And that's got a beautiful room on Main Street to come and experience. We have the Old Town Cellars. We have a great, uh, make your own old fashioned menu at a restaurant called Hearth and Hill. We've got a make your own Bloody Mary bar at a restaurant what? called Eating Establishment. What? Uh, which is partly <laughs> owned by Ty Burrell from our modern family. Um, wow. I sort of feel like you can, and then of course the brew pub I've mentioned, you can sort of do a trail, uh, you know, to samples, you know, different types of uh, <laughs> spirits every single day. Um, yeah, but we don't recommend, 
<laughs> we don't recommend the skiing and you know the going back up onto the mountain too much. No, but no, um, but I but, mean those those shuttles. I mean, are going to yeah. be really well utilized. I'll, I'd be on that shuttle all day. Like, hey, where where are we going next? Right. Where are we going next? You know. Yeah. Because, and there's hey, a term. Yeah, you can't with that term, weather. Right. We we call it apres ski, which is. Once you're done for the day on the mountain, um, and it, the last chairlifts are around four o'clock, it's time to sort of transition into après ski, which means after ski in French, and then <laughs> and then it transitions to dinner. So um, après ski is a special magical time, and you can you know try a different spirit each each day. It's it's very okay. fun here. And then uh, our restaurant scene has grown. To the point where we now are able to bring our Park City chefs and bring them to New York and do an event with the James Beard Foundation and showcase our Park City cuisine. And mm. that's, I, I would have to say, you know, I've been here for close to 15 years. And when I first got here, we would not have been able to do that. So this has been a real evolution of our culinary scene. And I love how international our scene is. One of our chefs uh, that's coming with us, it'll be in September, by the way, the 23rd through the 25th. Mm -hmm. If you're in Manhattan, in New York City, um, come down to the um, Wall Street area and you'll see the James Beard uh, events for Park City. We have a chef from a restaurant called Courchevel, which is our French sister city. And of course, it's French food. We have a chef from Dos Olas who really has brought recipes from his own family from Mexico City and is producing that award-winning food here in Park City. We've got River Horse on Maine, which is known as the town's most established um, restaurant. And then we're bringing Stein Erickson Lodge with us, uh, Chef Zane Holmquist, who does a regular annual event on NBC on the Today Show um it's it's really exciting uh and we've got a chef uh called matt harris from tupelo and uh it's a diverse group of people that will bring diverse culinary art to it and it all has a park city um you know wrinkle to it it's a yeah it's the mountain magic you're, yes. you're serving up mountain magic whether it's spirits or yeah. cuisine you know this is I find it really exciting. I mean, we've been talking to you like every year for the last few years, and it just seems every single time there's something new happening and it's growing, but it it's not growing where it's ruining the city or the town, the mountain town that it is, you know. But we're and very protective. Yeah, we're very conscious of what tourism could do if it weren't managed. And every town has to look at it and say, how are we going to stay in our authentic self maintain our small town culture, maintain our mountain authenticity, and I'll still allow, you know, new iterations to come, but not in such a way that's out, outsized for Park City. So I love that our town is conscious of it and helps in, in its planning. I think it's also cool that you have like Salt Lake City as your as your uh -huh. um, backup city, and you know that's the one thing we always say is like when you have a destination, look at the destinations around it too, because you know you can make one your hub and still visit all the other destinations. So you know you have an adventure when you travel, but it's like more light footed for the places too. And well, when you way, think about yeah, just think about the other mountain towns that are in the Rockies. 
they're pretty remote when it comes yeah. to their next closest major what I call it, you know, our gateway city. Yeah, yeah. By um, the way, you got to get gas when you start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you're driving, right. I know about those cities. I know about right. those. Yeah. Uh-huh. But when you're 25 <laughs> minutes away from the gateway city, you're in really great shape. And, mm-hmm. and it just, the first time you do this with your family and the kids are going, are we there yet? And <laughs> to be able to say, yeah, we actually are mm-hmm. there. Uh, you'll never, you know, choose a more remote, uh, cause ski vacations can be hard on families logistically and equipment wise. And Mm. so if we can take that difficulty out of a ski vacation, make it easy to jump in a shuttle, even don't even bring your equipment. We can do, you know, your equipment right here. We can rent everything. It's, it, it just takes the, we've got ski valets that actually, take your snowboard or set it up the skis and put your boots and warm the boots and put your feet in them yourself. I mean, once you've done that, it's really hard to go back to the more traditional, like go over there, find some goggles, go over there, find a ski helmet. Listen, (laughs) I I want, I want heated boots right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think that's just the way to be. I'm all, I'm all for that. Um, But this is really cool. What you talk about, because I mean, really, especially if you're flying, you want to travel light. You yeah. don't want to take luggage and hope to heck it gets there and all that. You you want to have a stress-free experience. And that means from the time you leave your home, you want it to be as stress-free as possible. And if you're going to have to take a vacation after your vacation, it should be because you had such a good time. You, you just kept going and now you need to sleep it off because you had a really, really good time. It shouldn't be out of drama. And so, yeah, no drama allowed for vacations, but um, I do want to go with um, events. I want to talk about skiing events because I know some ski resorts, even when the weather starts to melt, they have like weird, weird and crazy ski ski events and races. And like you start ending up in puddles and, you know, you, you can tell that I don't know what I'm talking about skiing wise, but um, I, I will watch and and sip spirits and have a good time. Um, <laughs> but I mean, are there holiday lights and things like that that uh, what are there like events that people can go to and participate in well one of my favorites is i i mentioned earlier about spring skiing and and having the warmer temps and the blue skies and as you said one of the things that happens is the snow does start to melt um but it creates um opportunities for spring events one of my favorites is called spring groove which is spelled g-r-u-v and it's held um, every year on Park City Mountain. And you dress up and you try to, uh, it's called pond skimming, where you try to Oh, there ski it is. That's the term. Over, yeah, you try and ski over a pond that has been created while the crowd is cheering you on. And <laughs> I remember one person, she dressed up as the Titanic and she didn't no make way. it over the pond. And you just watch That's the costumes sinking into the into No the way. Snow. It was very, very funny. People are so funny. People are so creative and it's definitely um, lighthearted and almost like Halloween. Um, But in, but in the, in the spring, uh, I have to mention, you know, we have two ski mountains here. Um, Park City Mountain is the largest ski lift excessive ski terrain in the United States. And we, and our other mountain is called Deer Valley Resort. 
And many people have ski passes, which means if you're going to ski more than, let's say, three days in a whole ski season, it makes sense to have a pass. And mm -hmm. there are two big passes out there. One is called Icon and one is called Epic. And luckily, our two mountains are associated with both of those passes. So if you have an Icon pass, you can ski in Deer Valley. Deer Valley, by the way, is a ski-only resort, so you really can't snowboard there. But if you do snowboard you can, and you have an epic pass, then you can actually ski and snowboard at Park City Mountain. And then we have two other big attractions. One is called the Utah Olympic Park, which is open all year long, but especially in the summer, I mean, especially in the winter, you can do the bobsled that was used in the 2002 Olympic Games, and you can actually go on that same bobsled. And the bobsled actually operates in the summer on wheels, but I prefer it when it's on uh, snow and ice. And then we have Woodward Action Sports Park, or just called Woodward Park City. And in you can learn uh, how to do all kinds of tricks uh, for snowboarding and, and skiing. And then in the summer, you're learning about skateboarding and mountain biking. And we've got foam pits that you can learn from people in so you can learn to do tricks and then try it on the action sports park outside, but you can learn on the inside uh, attractions. And we have tremendous uh, teachers. And I will say that also about skiing. We have tremendous instructors here for all levels. And a lot of adults think, oh, I missed my opportunity to do ski school when I was a kid. But the truth is every age can take lessons. Our terrain is right. Our instructors are the best in the country. And it's just a great place to get up on skis or snowboards and, and learn. And you'll find, actually, you're with adults mostly in those schools because yeah. the kids are flying around past you. They already know. But uh, the adults are learning to ski and snowboard here in Park City. And it's one of our strengths as well as a community. That's awesome. And before you go, too, I wanted to touch on the, you know, we've talked about food, wine, and spirits. Let's get to the spirits. After, and, and when you fall down, that's what your reward is, spirits <laughs> afterwards, right? Um, but, you know, definitely a year-round season, a year-round um, destination with all these se these four seasons, right? But um, in between time, you also have art and you have history that people can experience. So I didn't want to leave those two things out. You've got the films, right? The, the Sundance Film Festival, but the arts um, and history are also part of your strengths in, in the destination. Right. The Kimball Arts uh, Festival takes place the first week of August and the Kimball Arts Center is here all open all year long with rotating exhibits. And, it, you know, art is a very important part of our community, and I think it is complementary um, to what we do. And if you've got multi-generation and not everyone is into the downhill skiing or even winter sports in general, having a place like Kimball Arts Center is a great uh, thing to do in the winter. Um, it, it's And then, as you mentioned, uh, history is preserved here. The town was founded as a silver mining area and our Park City Museum has extraordinary exhibits talking about some of the characters who were here at the beginning of Park City and um, the territorial jail cells are located in the basement of the Park City Museum so you can take pictures and put the kids in the jail cells and learn about silver oh. mining and, and our history and and I love that we preserve that it's part of our character it's part of our heritage um, you know as as is arts and uh, the Deer Valley Music Festival takes place 
all summer long where the Utah Symphony moves up to Park City and plays everything from Disney to opera to country music and rock and roll, you know, each successive week. So it's a really exciting festival. And the Park City Institute also has a huge lineup of concerts all summer long. So, yes, it's culturally rich as well as recreational. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, have a wonderful uh, winter season and, and springs. You know, oh, <laughs> spring. I mean, come on. That I want to go to that event, the pond skimming. That sounds like yeah. a blast. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's fun. That's it. Any chance to wipe out is fun anyway. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Those kind of <laughs> events. That sounds like uh, that's got to be so cool. And I can imagine there's music playing too, right? As you go down, you got to have right. music. And there's live music all, all spring long throughout, you know, oh. it, it's just a very lively place, no matter what time of year you come. I like it. I like it. Well, congratulations to everything good that's happening in Park City. I mean, the Olympics, you've got the 40 years of Sundance Film Festival. You've got the James Beard Foundation events coming up in the fall. So a lot happening. So th- congratulations, you guys. It's like and, the mountain town is doing the right thing. And so, this is the 60th year of Park City Mountain. I mentioned we have two two mountains, yeah. but turns out that this year is Park City Mountain's 60th anniversary. So it's a great year to come and say I was there during the big anniversary. Yeah, it's always a good time, right? It's always a good time. (laughs) Everyone, again, visit parkcity.com is the website to go to. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We love doing these shows every second Tuesday. Thanks so much, Dan. You take care. You too. Happy holidays. And to you too. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio's Food, Wine, and Travel Show featuring members of the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. We encourage you to visit their website. We say IFTWA, which is I-F-W-T-W-A dot org. You can also follow us at BigBlendRadio.com. Happy travels, everyone.